Continue our study in the book of Ezekiel, chapters 33, 34, 35, 36, and 41. Right? All right. So, hopefully, God fed you guys with something. I know He did me. I got a whole lot of stuff marked up. So, um, <laughs> but we'll get into the word here as soon as we uh, go ahead and get uh, get prayer in and um, give thanks. All right. And dear me, Father God, we come to you and pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We thank you, dear God, for this blessed day. We thank you for guiding us, keeping us, dear God, and nourishing our bodies. We thank you for the strength within us, dear God, that you continue, dear God, to bring forth, to help us endure, dear God, all our trials and tribulations. We thank you for your mighty word in which we're about to be blessed with, dear God. May we, dear Lord God, be increased in knowledge and understanding of your word, dear Lord God. May revelation come upon us, dear Lord God, as we discuss your word, dear Lord God. For you say, where two or more are gathered, there are you in the presence of us all, dear Lord God. And we just pray for that presence, dear Lord God, to be known, dear Lord God, to be accepted, dear Lord God. And we open up ourselves, dear Lord God, for that revelation in which we seek. We thank you for the many souls that brought together here today, dear Lord God to honor you, dear Lord God, in your word, and to know more about you and to get closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. 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 All right. I'm going to do something a little different this week, guys. Last week I said potluck. So I'm going to sit silently and let you guys discuss why are you going to say potluck when we're fancy, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> just to torture you a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. And you said you had all this stuff marked up, I so did. why would you mark and I will, all And I will discuss as, well. as you guys go along. I will add my two cents. Hmm. All right. But it's time for you guys to become more involved in the teaching. So the floor is yours. You always make a floor hard every time I thought we had been. Yeah, we have. We have been. We have been. Oh, okay. Yeah. Please don't listen to Pastor Keith. Please don't. Okay. Because he keeps saying, like, we do involve ourselves. You do involve yourself. I mean that the floor is yours. Okay. Meaning. Okay. Well, it's a lot. Where do you start? Uh, Wherever okay, you want chapter to. Chapter 33. <laughs> well, what struck me about chapter 33 was, um, was him saying, you know, what he said, our sins are weighing us down and we are wasting away before, because of them. How then can we live? Mm. What? That says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? Mm-hmm. Um, that just really struck me. Because people are so mm-hmm. stubborn, even though they're... Um, they're doomed and they're they're just falling to destruction. They mm-hmm. still don't want to turn away. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to blame God. Like, why does God do such a thing? But He's 
they turn from your sins, mm-hmm. you know, and they're just not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, down further in verse um, 17, when people say, the way of the Lord is not just. And then he says, but their way is not just. And he just <laughs> says, um, he says, I will judge each of you according to your own ways. So I think people forget that God is God. I think that's the whole point of being driven mm-hmm. in Ezekiel is I am the Lord your God. Like, I am God. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And people just don't, don't get it. want to accept it. You know? Yeah. I think you can see that a lot today <clears throat> because a lot of the decisions that people make, you know, um, is because they want to do it. Okay, I'm just going to do what I feel to do. I just want to do what I want to do. And um, they don't realize that, like you said, we're talking about God here. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about just another human being, but we're literally talking about the Lord God. And it's like, okay, so you're literally telling God, I just don't, I'm just not going to do what you want me to do. <clears throat> just not going to do it. But he's just telling you that, the, that, that this is the law. If you don't do what I tell you to do, if you don't follow my commandments, it's death. Mm-hmm. So... If you don't follow the commandment and the, and, and the wage of that is death, then you on your own accord are choosing death mm-hmm. is what he's telling you because he's telling you, like, you're choosing it. Mm-hmm. Why would you choose that? You know? Yep. So just to kind of, like, you know, simplify, I guess, what you were saying, though, too, or add, add something yeah, to them. It seems like they just, um, they have no room for, um, Israel. It represents like the messianic 
know, promise, like what's to come. And it also, in some ways, talks about like the heavens to come, like even after all of that. Right. So if I'm reading this, and if you're thinking about it, like even relevant in today's age, I'm reading it as if somebody was a believer was sitting righteously and then turns away. Right. They still are accountable for that. Right. Exactly. Okay. Am yeah. I reading that right? Yeah, you're reading it right. That's a, an argument. That, I, I know that's a big argument among Christians. Right. You know? Right, because some people believe once saved, always saved, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is not true <clears throat> because your righteousness will not save you. God's righteousness is what saves us, mm-hmm. okay, and his blood covering is what saves us. If you go from underneath the blood covering of Christ, then you have to answer for that you know, or atone for that sin. But if you are covered by the righteousness of of his blood, he's paid the price for it, right? So that iniquity that was committed took you from underneath the blood covering of God. It's kind of like what we were talking about before of uh, the time in in Egypt during the exodus where the plagues, and he said to stay in the house. And the blood post was uh, the post was, was painted with blood, <clears throat> and they told him, "Don't go out the house during the time <clears throat> of that last plague." Now, iniquity is kind of like opening the door and walking right on out, and saying, "Oh, death won't death won't uh, it won't come nigh me. It won't it won't kill me." So you know? I think it's more like more willful and purposeful, right? Than right. you know, just like right something you make your man like always. Oh, well, like that, you know? this is the thing. It's not. It's not like even just that because sometimes we we will willfully sin, okay. But when you don't repent, when you don't repent truly, you know, in your heart about it, that is when it's not, not covered. Mm-hmm. Repentance gives us salvation. Remember, I think we had talked about that like a couple of. Bible studies ago was talking about repentance. But to kind of like go back here, though, too, like she was talking about someone who's wicked. They're wicked all their life, and all of a sudden one day, boom, they decide they're going to accept Christ in their life. He's not going to remember more any of their sins. He's going to remember right then in that moment that they turned their life over to God. So that's why it's saying that if if they've done all this transgression and then they've come and decided to accept Christ, that the Lord will accept them. Oh, wow. That the Lord will accept them. But if you're talking about somebody who's a righteous person, who's been righteous all this time, and they decided to just, you know, you know, fall off the wagon, as they say, or whatever, you're responsible for that. He's telling you, you're responsible for your actions. So it's like a prodigal. Mm Mm-hmm. You are just crawling in your seat. Go ahead. I was waiting for someone to say it. Say what? What do you want us to say? I want you to look on a spiritual plane right now. Okay. Read verse 13 over again. Okay. I wish Miss Kathy was... Miss Kathy, you there? No, go ahead and read it. Okay. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live, if he trusts to his own righteousness. Stop. Oh. Right. Spiritually. Who 
was in righteousness. And two, well, I would say two individuals. I don't want to call them man or, or whatever because one was man and one was spirit. Say, pose your question again. God said these words not verbatim here, but he said it to a few people. Well, not people. He called them righteous? Are you asking? He said to Cain mm-hmm. these same words. Lucifer, in the same manner. If you live righteously, then you will live, right? Mm-hmm. If you trust in in your in his in his own righteousness, mm-hmm. in your own in your own righteousness. He says, and I'm jumping to the the back end of here, um, here of here. But for his inequity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, I say unto you, this is verse 14: The wicked, thou shalt surely die if he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right. If the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed, meaning whatever he has taken, he gives back. Walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, again, full repentance. He shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right. He shall surely die. I mean, surely live. Now, there's a, as you say, a debate about who's for surely going to hell and who isn't and all this other stuff in the end, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to read verse 11 again. Say unto them, as I live, God says, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Not just humans. But that the wicked turn from his way and live and, and, li- and live. Turn ye turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? Mm-hmm. There's been a strong debate about who can and who can't be saved in the end, including the fallen angels. But God's word said he has no pleasure in no one dying. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying there's a debate out there about it. Okay. So I don't know if you guys ever heard that debate. No. So, uh, Grom, you heard that debate, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, I talked about it at work the other day. Talking about the very same thing. Who, nobody can say who's going to heaven and who is Who's making Only God can make that decision. God can make that decision. Because God do not want for anybody, anybody including the Satan, Satan, to fail. To fail. Okay, he loves Satan like he loves everybody else. <laughs> okay? He does not want one of his creatures to go bad. So, you know what? 
God got the final decision. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you bring that up, I mean, people will call you a blasphemer because they'll tell you <laughs> Satan can't make it back into heaven. But however, God is saying he has no pleasure in the wicked dying, in the death of the wicked. And he's just God anyway. I mean, like he has said, like he's telling you here that I am God. Right. You know. And who are we to speak for God? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, and he said, I am the Lord yeah, God. Yeah, he said, I am the Lord. They will know that I am the Lord God. And that's the reason why he tries, that's, that's the reason why it's so important for us to work out our own soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Don't try to work out somebody else's salvation. Don't try to work out whether that person's going to live or die. I remember when, when, um, when my dad had passed away, I went crazy. Because I had thought, because I was in a very uh, ritualistic um, religion at the time, and, of course, you know, with them, there were certain steps to salvation. And if you didn't take those steps to salvation, you did not make heaven. You were going to hell, one-way ticket, do not pass go. Gasoline draws on this Yeah, with gasoline draws That's what my mom used to say. The whole thing. Yeah, so... You know, I literally, for me, I was like, you know, like on the edge of insanity because I thought, I literally truly thought that my father was burning in hell. And the Lord spoke to me so clear and just scolded me all in one moment. And he has said, this is my son, not your father. And he says, who are you to judge him? He's my son. Wow. <laughs> so, I, so I felt bad because I'm like looking at this like, you know, even that I'm a mom now, like who are you to, to, to scold my child? Who are you to judge my child? It's like going over to somebody else's kid and like, bow, 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 you know, you're a bad kid. You know what I mean? you just slapping their kid around. It's like, you know, who are you to slap my kid around? You know, so that's what, if you, can, you can understand, that's how I felt. I was like, wow. I mean, but the way the guy, like, came to be like that, it was like one minute I'm grabbing on the floor crying, and the next minute I'm kind of like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, how could I? I can't judge him. I don't know where he went or what, you know, what happened. I don't know his day of judgment. The only day of judgment I'll ever know is my own. Mm-hmm. And whoever else I'll see on the other side of that. Yeah. So it is important to, you know, um, to understand what God is saying here because he's telling us to, to follow his commandments. That is the word that, that, that we live by. And work out your own soul salvation. Don't worry about nobody else. Yep. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have something right here, too. Go ahead. I, no, I thought it was okay for you guys. Go ahead. Um, now that my mind is on that, I've kind of Go ahead. lost my way there. Um, this, this to me, this part um, at the end where he's telling Ezekiel, um, um, yeah, he's saying, also thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses and speak one to another, everyone uh, to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh from the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, and put, um, but they will not do them. 
for uh, with their mouth they show much love, mm -hmm. but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And then, you know, he goes on mm -hmm. to say that, and lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear thy words, but they do them not. It, it was so funny that this uh, came up because Apostle Jerusha was just talking to me about, about something similar to this the other day. And she was like, you know, as you walk in ministry, you know, people, you know, will, will come into your life, and then you have people who are like leeches. <laughs> they come and they suck the, you know, suck the life out of you, you know what I mean, or whatever, and then, you know, don't, um, nothing comes of it, you know. And so me and, like, okay, she was saying, like, you know, sometimes when people come in, oh, pray for me, pray for me. And you can bring the house down praying for them, and then they go right back out and go do what, they, what it is they're going to do, and then they come right back, to, oh, pray for me, please pray for me, pray for me again. You, you know what I mean? So it's like literally like this, like what he's saying is, is that they'll listen to you, they enjoy what, you know, what you're saying, and they enjoy, you know, your company and enjoy the prayer and the songs and everything like that, but then they just won't listen to the word. They just continue to do what they want to do. And, um, it's you know, it's... Uh, frustrating in a way, but then you kind of have to let it go because when you see like that Ezekiel had went through this, he's saying that you will. You will go through that. You are going to go through that, that, that time of, you know, people just not, because, and I was actually watching Jeremiah today. It was a movie, um, pretty well made movie um, with Patrick Dempsey is playing um, Jeremiah. And uh, he was, yeah, yeah, he was playing Jeremiah's movie. It was really good. And um, when he, when he was warning the people, and he was warning them, and they literally just ignored him. They're like, okay, you're crazy. You're a fool. You know, he's just a crazy. He's just a crazy man. And how dare you speak and you're blaspheming against God, just saying that you're saying God's word and God's word is not in your mouth. And all the things that they did to him, though, to Jeremiah, they stoned him, threw him up in a birdcage. They, you know, imprisoned him. They threw him in the bottom of a pit. They, they did all kinds of horrific things to him. I think that they, did they tar and feather him too, though? I, don't know. I can't remember. But they tortured him in so many different ways but they still would not listen to his word. And he lived after all of that stuff, and, of course, all of them either passed away or were enslaved by the Persians. So, I mean, they, they didn't heed the word after all of that. It's deep. So deep. But I'll, I'll, I'll ping pong it back to see if anybody wants to jump into 34. I had all of 34, Mark. All of it? Like, all of it. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I think I think, 36, yeah, pretty much, I got pretty much all of it, Mark. Well, why don't you join in on 34? All right, I'll join in on 34. So... Verse one, I got, I got to read because it's, it's, it's so much. Verse one, 
And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherd feed the flock? Wow. God threw out an open-ended question. Yes. Yes, that we should not be getting rich off of people, but as he said in Malachi, that the storehouse is full, that no one is in lack. Mm -hmm. So everyone should be on the even keel here and without anybody suffering or wanting for nothing. But and as we are today, that same thing is going on. And you can see from Ezekiel's time to today's time, mm -hmm. it is the same thing going on when it comes to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, um, people are taking advantage of those who walk through their doors, pay their tithes and their offerings, and they make a mockery of it all, and they sit there and they put so much pressure, undue pressure onto others to make them feel guilty if they don't pay X amount of dollars. Right. So it, it and that's what the storehouse is for, and that's what he said. You should feed your flock. It's not only in God's word, but making sure that they're taken care of outside of the walls of the of the uh, of the temple. Because life still goes on outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can come in and get a word and be fed and be joyful of God's word. And I can even be joyful of God's word on the outside, but I'm still in need of, like, like God said, he knows that we need other things, provisions in this world. Mm -hmm. And he's willing to provide them. But when you got leadership who's trying to snatch it from you, snatch it directly out of your hands where you have nothing, mm -hmm. that's a different story. Now I'm going to read the rest of it because, like, like I said, it's a lot, and I'll skip around. Verse 3, ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The disease have ye not strengthened. Now, this is where Christ comes in. I mean, Christ is already in here already, but, but if you can recall the things that Christ had came to do. Okay, he came to restore this, this chapter. The disease have ye not strengthened. Remember, anybody with leprosy? They wouldn't touch because if you remember from Deuteronomy and Leviticus, they touched somebody with leprosy, and now they're unclean. And if they touch a woman who has an issue of blood, they're unclean. Mm -hmm. So they never want to heal them because they don't want to go through that fasting. Right. Because they had to they cleanse themselves and they had to, you know, do away with certain things and wash the clothes, do all this and whatever. So... Because of their own selfishness, no one was being healed. No one was being cured, prayed for, you know, interceding uh, or anything. He says, and neither have ye healed that which was sick. Neither have you bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. So there have been people who have fallen off, fallen away, who 
Don't even come to the temple no more. They didn't even go bother to see what's going on. And see, unlike today where we have one minister over an entire church, you got to remember there was the, in, in the way um, the House of Israel set up, high priest, and he had many other priests. Many. Mm-hmm. They weren't bishops or deacons. They were priests. Mm-hmm. And they carry out these duties. Mm-hmm. So it was plenty of people to go around to make sure that everything was taken care of. I mean, even if you think about this, not it wasn't just one person who went into the Holy of Holies. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, many people took turns going in. You know, it wasn't just one person. Like, okay, I'm the only one who can go in the Holy of Holies. Nobody else can go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and neither have ye sought that which was lost. Didn't go looking for him. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. Force and cruelty. And people realize, well, you know, any leader today can be nice in their ways. But cruelty is not a part of their 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 righteousness is 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 they they're so cruel with the stuff that they, they do they're so evil with the way they handle things but we just like politicians we make it okay we say it's okay the leaders tell us what we need now we don't tell them what we don't tell them what we need they tell us what we need so church leaders are just like politicians they're doing the same thing Politicians say, pay your taxes. When you pay your taxes, I'm going to take the money. First, I'm going to stuff my pocket, and then with the rest of it, I'll tell you what you need. Mm-hmm. No, we're not going to put any more in Social Security for the elderly. No, we're not going to put any more. We're going to cut the school budget, okay, for one. But we need more guns. We need more of this. Let's fix the roads. They always put a some reason, they always have a, a budget to fix the roads and they never get fixed. I don't never get that. But that's the way church leaders are. Pay your tithes. We got to keep the lights on. We, we got the building fund. And they've been collecting for the, the new building fund for the past 20 years and haven't even added a light switch to the building. They always divert the money to something else, to their own causes. Yes. Okay? And not the cause which it was collected for. Exactly. That's why. Exactly. So it's it's the same thing. You're you're robbing the people for your own gluttonous and, and everything else. That's why God said you you rule cruelly of them. And it's sad. And he goes and I'm gonna jump down to verse verse seven. He says, Therefore ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field. I mean, you left them out there to die. They had no covering. They weren't strengthened with the word, and, and, and that was your job, okay? Because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore, O ye shepherds, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against 
the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. We always hear this, even when he talked about when we talked about last week when he talked about the watchmen. If he gave you a word to give, it was your responsibility to give that word to the people to make sure they didn't perish, right? If they again, if they didn't hear the word, as we just spoke about in a few uh, verses up in thirty three, if they don't, if you give the word and they don't hear it, not my fault. That's on you. But if I don't give the word and you die, now that's a different story. And that's what the, the shepherds have been doing. They, they they have been holding back. That's why, you know, it's so important to understand, you know, what the call truly is. And the call is to not just to give someone a word, you know, to encourage them and to keep it pushing but it's to transform the life. Mm -hmm. It's not only just a word of, you know, joy and, oh, everything is going to be all right, but it's about taking someone and working personally in their life. I understand that, you know, ministries are larger these days and you have situations where they grow very big, but you have to still think about, the one-on-one person, you know, person themselves. You can't just, I mean, with when you think about a shepherd, and he may have had, you know, hundreds of sheep out there, but he knew each sheep personally. Mm-hmm. They know each one of their sheep personally. They went over and shaved every one of them when it's time to shave them. They mm-hmm. went over and, and, and sheep literally require for you to touch them. Mm-hmm. You have to, like, literally give them affection, each one of them. Or they can get depressed. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they can. They can get. They can get depressed. They will. They will get depressed if, if you don't, you know, show them some attention. So when he called the sheep, he knew exactly what he was saying when he, when he called the sheep because we're like that. We require attention. And if you don't give that person that that personal attention that they need to be able to nurture them, to answer the questions that need to be answered, to curb them you know, towards towards God and trusting in the Lord because we don't just automatically do these things. Mm-hmm. That you, that's the reason why you can't just keep preaching, 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 preaching mm-hmm. to somebody all the time. Mm-hmm. Because if you continue to just do that all the time, you're not, it, it's kind of like, okay, I did, like you had said, okay, I did my job. I stood here and I preached to you and that was it. I did my job. I'm not responsible for your soul. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Because you didn't, you didn't nurture that person. You didn't, you weren't there when they needed you. Well, not to mention when you give someone a word, you're supposed to nourish them up in that word until they come to the fullness of it. Right. Because you know, a lot of times we have people call themselves evangelists and all this other stuff. Who, and they do. They bring a lot of people into church. You know, they they go out and recruit. They, I mean, they're filling the house of God. Mm-hmm. They're filling. They're filling it. But once you walk in those doors. They forget all about you. You can come one week and not come back. They wouldn't even know it. But that's the whole thing. It, it's not a, a a continuing process to where when I walk through the door, now what? Right. But that's the reason why the, that's the reason why everyone is so needed. All of us are needed. Yes. In the ministry, not that's why everyone has a job. Right. Everybody has a job. It's not just about the pastor. It's not just about the apostle or the prophet. But you have people who 
literally, you know, have a gift of compassion, you know, a gift of love. You know, you have people who have who are good listeners, people who have a gift of friendship. You have people who teach very, very well, you know, people who have these gifts. But the thing about it is, is that you cannot just stop at just preaching. Mm-hmm. Because then we go right back to to chapter thirty three, like I said, it's a pleasant you know, you have a pleasant voice and can play, you know, as well as an instrument for they for they hear the words but they do they do they them do not. Mm-hmm. And how many years can you even say that you just went to church every Sunday, sat down or whatever and listened to the word and went right back out and out, going and do whatever you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yes, on one end it is your conviction your own conviction or whatever that, that you have to worry about yourself, but it's also a requirement on, on the, the, the shepherd as well to make sure that you, that you got it. Right. But, you know, God has a saving grace, guys, and he shows it in verses 15 and 16, two of my favorite verses in this chapter. He says, I will feed my flock. This is how he's saying he will, he will snatch them away from the shepherds and where they, will ha- they won't be able to feed the flock anymore. And God's saying that he himself, I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. Here's the key part. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. Okay. I was saying Kathy had to sign off. Okay. I will feed them with judgment. Meaning, you know how a company goes in and they like, we got to cut the fat? Yeah. <laughs> you know, all middle management must go because y'all ain't really me. Y'all just collecting the paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what God is saying. He's trimming the fat, although who's gotten fat on off the people? Mm-hmm. He's downsizing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So, it, 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 like I said, no matter what happens in this world. No matter how bad a person is to us or anyone else, God eventually is our saving grace, no matter what. We just got to look towards him. That boss you can't stand, who gets on your nerve. I have one. I know a few of you guys have one. And you don't wish any ill will on anyone. Mm-hmm. Right? But God, just like he said, <laughs> just like he said, I will feed them with judgment. Mm-hmm. You imagine, like, God, can I get some of that word that, that I used to get? Nope. Can't eat that anymore. The only thing you get now is judgment. Can you imagine that? Someone telling you, God telling you, you can't have this water anymore for the rest of your life. You can pickle juice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is what it is because God is saying that he has his people covered. He will not let them be 
misled that way. I mean, he'll sit there and watch and see if you're going to change your ways, and then God be like, you know what? I'm a patient God, but you know what? I ain't a stupid one either. <laughs> and I know you are not changing your ways, so let me go ahead and take my sheep, and uh, and and we're going we gonna to be all right without you. Hmm. So that's what I have for you. Y'all can go on. Uh, I apologize for uh, snatching up all the time. <laughs> Should we move on? You move on. You got 36. Thirty six or thirty seven. We're already done thirty six microphones. We're already done thirty six. Yeah, we're on it now. We're on it now. Go ahead. When people stray and they go out seeking other churches it's because they're not getting fed at their church. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um if you ain't getting fed, then you're gonna stray. Then they have the engineers that the Bible talks about mm-hmm. the different do- doctors. doctors. So they're open you know, to get these strange things in the ears. And it's just the pastor's fault for not feeding his flock. Uh, he's trying to get the fat of the people, you know, for himself. The fat has always been God's portion. Mm-hmm. So God is very yeah, good about yeah, his, right his, his portion, okay? Right. And uh, they're definitely trying to take that. So God said he's going to bring his people back, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how it is now, really how people have spread out. And But, you know, what God's in control, and he will bring them back. He's going to feed them. Like you say, he will feed them, and he will bring them back. But as long as you ain't feeding your people, they're going to wander. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're going to wander because they want to be fed. Okay? That, that has a lot to do with people leaving this church and that church and going to other places, and they just can't find a church. The problem is, sometimes when they seek in God's word, they go and they find a strange Thank word. Okay? And yeah. then it's the pastor's fault. Okay? Because he didn't give them what God gave him. He gave them his own doctrine. Instead of God's doctor. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's all I got for 34. Yeah. Thirty-six. Move on, then. Thirty-six. Anyone? Bounce yeah. back to Melinda. What did you say? I said we'll bounce back to you, Melinda, for thirty-six. Um, I don't know if I really got anything that stood out. Let me think. If you guys have anything, jump up. 22 through 35. Much meat. Therefore, in verse 22, Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not, I do this not, uh, I'm sorry, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my own, for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whether ye went. And he's talking about them pretty much smearing his name. Okay, and he's saying the correction and the judgment is coming not for the sake of them, but for his own sake. God said, I'm trying to clear my name yeah. because they, they smeared in the dust. Just like we say, we Christians, and, you know, everyone know, you know, we, we, we've smeared Jesus' name in the dirt, you know, for, for that matter, the way Christians act around these days. And verse 23, he said, and I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen. 
which ye have profaned in the midst of them. So they were doing the same thing. You know, like they say, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. That's what they were doing. Okay? <laughs> and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. And that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing is happening today. This is just, it's like we can't seem to break that chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, times have changed, customs have changed, you know, but ways of society have changed, governing rules have changed, but the human condition remains the same. Mm-hmm. We still, and, and, and I had a, a, a thought to myself just yesterday. And you know how some people, you know, you make them do something for so long that it becomes custom generation after generation after generation because that's just the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Here's the question I had for myself. I says, at what point, how long does it take for evolution to happen? Because you can tell somebody for 500 years it was this way. Then all of a sudden you might see a change happen. But in a thousand years this happened. And you'll see a change happen where the people just, the new ones that are born are doing that what was happening a thousand years ago. So it's like, I don't know if there's a timetable for evolution for for the human condition to grasp hold of something, whether it takes a week, a year, ten, a hundred, I don't know. But that's the question. Seriously, it's a question I have because if you look at and you read the Bible, it's like we haven't changed. No, it isn't. But we haven't. We haven't even thought about any kind of evolution whatsoever. Right. Whatsoever, no evolution. There's no well, I mean, well, like you said, Solomon said the same Yeah, yeah, it's all his vanity, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But my my point is, okay, yeah, we probably gotten a little smarter tech wise, but that doesn't save us. So where is the evolution spiritually in the human human being? Because we're doing the same thing over and over again. And we're teaching it to the next. And we're teaching it to the next. And it becomes a condition of the human character to where we sit there and we do this thing and we make it right because it's been that way for a thousand years. So you can't say anything against it. Like, so when Jesus comes along, it's like, you know what? Ever since Moses gave this law, y'all been jacking it up. And here I am to tell you it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong. You need to be this way. Die! <laughs> we got to get rid of that guy. He's, he's, yeah. he's speaking against our, our culture. Mm-hmm. But it's wrong. Well, I mean, that's the reason for Christ, though. No, I mean. You know, because of the fact that we just can't get it right. <laughs> And the Lord, the Lord knew we weren't going to get it right. So he was like, okay, 
I know you guys are not going to get it right, so, okay, I'm going to send my son down to go ahead and sacrifice his life so that yeah. you guys can have an opportunity. Because by yourself, you just ain't going to get it right. Yeah, it's like that cartoon says, that one man that helps tell his brother's son, Bobby. <laughs> And I was screwing up. He's like, that boy ain't right. <laughs> I remember that cartoon because he always says that. <laughs> because, you know, if you look at, like you said, the evolution of things, God has always changed, you know, with 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 the times, but we never. You know, like. Well, God remains the same, but he tried to no, help I'm us. I'm that he's come at us in different ways. Okay, yeah. First, I'm going to give you the word. Right. Then he's saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a temple. You can go worship, you know, at the temple. And then, yeah, many avenues, yeah. Of course, you know, that temple got torn down. You know, you guys defiled it, messed it up, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to erect my temple in your mind and in your heart. <laughs> you know, I'm going to cleanse you and I'm going to refill you back up, you know, and I'm going to put it in you, you know. So yeah. it's like, you know, God's like, okay, you know, giving you these different chances here, but. That we still end up. That's, that's why we have grace. Yeah. That's right, right. That's yeah. grace is for us. Yeah. You know what does he say that? Doesn't he say that in one of these times? Yeah, 26 and 27, verses 26 and 27. Oh, okay. Yeah. He says, I'll give you a new heart, and also I will give you a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and cause you to walk in the statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And I had written it. I put a devil start about 27. Uh-huh. And I wrote the word chosen. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because that's exactly yeah. what that is. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what that is because he's saying, He's going to put it in you, and, and when he puts it in you, you have no choice have but to no do choice it. have no choice but to do it. It is true. It is true. I mean, because you know, even being someone who's chosen, you'll go off and, like, like you're saying, you're doing all of these unclean things or whatever and, you know, all this filthiness, but then he's going to come back in and turn you right back around and set you where you're supposed to be. Yeah, right. And you won't be able to, 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 to turn back. That's just it. You know, your life is not your own. It's just kind of like, you know, when I was watching Jeremiah, he he um, in the movie there was just one point where he was calling him and he was giving him all these visions and saying you know I'm I'm gonna put my word in your mouth and he was like Lord I don't want your word in my mouth <laughs> he was just Jeremiah, you know, he was, Jeremiah was like Jonah he was like me he's like just don't I, I you know, let me live my let me live my life I just want to live my life I don't want to do this please don't you know but in the movie it was funny because they. Made you kind of see, you know, um, what he was going through. Well, he was going through because in the movie, now we're not saying that this is in the word, but in the movie, he he had a a girl that he had wanted to marry, and he wanted to live his life like you know everybody a normal person like a normal person did, and then and and he had to give her up. And give everything up, and 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 in the movie they had said, you know, God was saying, you'll never have a child, you'll never have a marriage. These things you won't have. The call on his life was just a call on his life, and that's it. You know, so you know, to if 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 in fact that was a desire of his in his life, he's got to give it all up. Well, the the funny thing is, because Jeremiah was supposed to go do his uh, his uh, his uh, ceremony right that day, Uh 
and he because he's going into the priesthood. Right. <laughs> and, and, nope. You ain't and, doing and, that and God just like. And like you said, you know, it's like fire shut in his bones. Like you had said, I, you don't have no choice. <laughs> you try to shut it down? No, there's no way for you to shut it down. Right. It's, it's, you know, it's God and that's it, you know. <laughs> and um, you got to do his will. Yep. I just thought, I just thought that was too uh, That's deep. So... So we're skipping on? To yeah, we're skipping on to 37. Let me get down here. 37. Anyone? Anyone? I just think it's a really um, a powerful visual. <laughs> bones coming. I, I think it's just really um, just a lot of on what God can do and what he's going to do, like, well, the stuff that looks dead, like, look, I, I do things like, you know, and, and like the fact that he used Ezekiel to say these things, like, I use you, I give you the power to do things, you know, it's all for me. And, that, use you. and that's a powerful thing because I'm going to tell you why. It's, I'm not saying it is the creation, but it's kind of like a representation because when you're reading it, if you read verses 5 and 6, he says, Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. He did that to Adam. And he told Ezekiel to actually command the, the, the wind to come in to make it those bones alive. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So you I see, mean, there's a, a vast army too. Yes. Like a, it's like a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm gonna build up a vast army. Don't mm-hmm. you worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, because you got the the valley of the dry bones is a representation of those who are dead and, and dead, you know, and not alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. And God is saying He's gonna. Remember in, in Revelation, he said he's going to awaken these people. Mm-hmm. These people will be awakened. Mm-hmm. And when they're awakened, and that's that's the building of the army because now the the word of God is going to come upon us all. Just like when Christ went into the wilderness, and it says right before he says he was excuse me he was baptized, and then he walked into the wilderness. And when he went into the wilderness, he was ministered unto by the angels to prepare him to be tempted by the devil. So when Christ awakens us, he puts that ministering word into us, there's a battle, we have a, a spiritual battle we have to go through, and that's that battle uh, of Armageddon. That he's, he's building an army, and he's putting that word in you so you can take that word and you can fight and defend 
I have um, something to add there on verse 22, though. It says, And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into the kings of the two kingdoms any more at all. And I just believe he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. Yeah, because he talks, because you got to remember back in, back, okay. Back then you had. Judah, Israel. and then Israel. Mm-hmm. They're all kin. They're all part of the 12 tribes, mm-hmm. but you just had Judah separately. Now, Israel is considered Israel, the nation of Israel. That's what they want to call themselves. God said, okay, so be it. Mm-hmm. But out of Judah came Christ, and Christ said he came for all those who are, who are, who are pretty much over here. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need to bring everybody back. And by doing so, he not only got the fallen away um, Israelites, I'm going to call them because they're all from Israel, but he also sent Paul Mm -hmm. to gather the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So out of the tribe of Judah came the fallen away or or the the castaways from from Judah, Mm -hmm. Israel, and everybody. He's he's gathered everybody together. Mm -hmm. So like you say, he puts these two sticks together that's what he, he says in here. Mm-hmm. These two sticks will become one. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. It's like there's no longer uh, uh, them and, and us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all, you know, all one unit. All one unit. Mm-hmm. I, I love this uh, chapter um, because when the Lord was dealing with me prophetically and, and having to read this, and it's like it always keeps coming back to me, always keeps coming back to me that that's what we're doing. That's your mission. Your mission is to is to go out and to speak life, you know, into someone. Your mission is to awaken, you know, those that are asleep, you know, regardless of whether they're people who know Christ and have fallen asleep or whether people who are just coming to Christ, you know, it, you know, death is death, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that God brings life to all, you know. And like I said, prophesy unto them, you know, and right. say you can live, you know. So it, this was a pretty deep chapter. It is, and it it, it coincides with our, with our ministry because the, 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 um, Scripture that God leads this ministry by is Acts 15, verses 15 through 17. And it is very important when, it, when you're talking about this, this stick and this, all this, the gathering, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it, okay? Because it says in Acts chapter 15, verse 15, mm-hmm. and to disagree the words of the prophets, as it is written, after this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. And that's what this ministry is built on, is that remnant. Making sure that we do our part to pull anyone in that we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And, it, and it, this also bleeds into chapter 41, of course. So. <laughs> something that, that just hit me. Like when he's talking to about bringing all these sinew in his flesh back to the, to, to the dead, mm-hmm. okay? He's actually talking about people walking around here now that are dead yep. in Christ. Right. And when God says in the Bible that uh, who will come back first when Christ comes back, they talk about the dead in Christ. Everybody thinks that they're talking about the bones. Right. He's talking about the people that are dead walking around here who don't know Christ. Right. 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 I always wonder how that went. He's talking about because the people that don't know Christ here are actually dead. Yeah. Right. So that's why the dead in Christ are coming back first. Right. The other ones, they're already with Christ. They already right. know. Right. They're already alive. But, but there are people walking around here now that are dead in Christ. Well, that's, right. what, that's what he right. says. Right. In, that, that, it, it just never hit me like that. Well, I yeah, well, that's what he says in John because he's saying, you know, he that believeth not is condemned already. Right. So he, he, he's trying to bring everybody up. I mean, mm-hmm. this, this is a great, great, I mean, this is a great mm-hmm. study because mm-hmm. it's yeah. like bringing the whole Bible together now because, you know, in John, he talks about that. Right. About bringing up, you know, in, in, in through Ezekiel, bringing up those who are lost and mm-hmm. who, who've been scattered away, who've been forced out, mm-hmm. and who just wandered away, mm-hmm. and he's trying to bring them all back together. I think, isn't it in Revelations where they also talk about those who is that those that were asleep? Yes. He talks about those who are asleep. <laughs> and, and, and that they would be awakened. Yeah, you know, those would be first, yeah. Right. Same, That's what I was talking thing. about. Those that are, you know, thing. those are people that now that that do, that do not know Christ. Right. Okay, but they will know Him. Okay. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. Those that have already passed on, Christ has already preached to those. Okay, and mm-hmm. those that are going to make it from there, some of them still have a chance. Those that are led astray by, you know, not because it's their fault, but because they were taught wrong, mm-hmm. they still have a chance. Okay, they still have a chance. Okay, and the. Uh, after the thousand years thing, mm-hmm. okay, during the thousand years, they still got a chance, okay? Yeah. But there are some that just dead, you know, and ain't, ain't going to rise again, okay? Well, that's the that's yeah, the one where you say that they have a reprobate mind. Reprobate mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God turned them over to a reprobate mind. They ain't going to never get it straight, so. Right. They right. Yeah, it was a lot of this. Right. But it's good. Ezekiel always had a lot of this. Did you have anything? I know you got it here. Did you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, no, are we talking about the 41? I can sort of hear you guys, but not. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. Um, what we were talking about, what he was saying was, is that the description of the dead, you know, that, that, that is spoken here, he's talking about literally living people who are walking around spiritually dead. Yeah. And yeah, that, I was that too. Yes. And he was um, paralleling that to where in Revelation it talks about that, you know, or actually... Is it in Thessalonians when it talks it's about the dead in Christ? The dead will rise first. The dead will rise first, but he also talks about, I believe, it's Colossians or Thessalonians one or two. Where he talks about the quick and the dead, right? Meaning that the 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 ones who are alive and the dead who are still right. dead in Christ who are not awake, awakened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. actually, dead. Awake. Like the, yeah. the dead will uh, those um, dead will come first. Yep. Right. Okay. So they he was saying that walk, he was saying that most people think that people will be coming out of their crypts, you know, <laughs> walking around or whatever. When well, no. Christ comes back, this ain't the same. Yeah. This ain't the the the, the day of the walking the dead. Night or, night or, of the yeah. dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People think he's talking about no. people who are spiritually, spiritually dead. dead. Yeah. You know. Um, 
because we don't know. I mean, when you're out, when you die, you're outside of time, you know, so. And your flesh is not with you. And your flesh is not with you. So, so I mean, you don't. It's not going to rise up again. Yeah, yeah. Adam was dying, you know, he made from it, and he went back to it. To be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Yeah. Ain't nobody yeah. gonna be breaking yeah. out of no crypts or nothing. Like a lot of people believe that though. Yeah. They're right. waiting yeah, for the like... zombie apocalypse. Okay. I know people. <laughs> they actually believe that. Okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. They have to right. believe that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are we wrapping up? Yeah, we're wrapping up. Because we're past uh, the time. Yeah, forty-one is basically just like Revelation, speaking of the tabernacle itself the new tabernacle, and it's just giving measurements and, uh, you know, a, a bunch of other stuff about the the inner workings of of the gates and the doors and, and you know, of the tabernacle and the measurements. I didn't get a full, I didn't get a t- time to, to look up all the measurements. I wanted to, but I didn't, just didn't have the time. Too many. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are waiting for the temple to be built. It's not God is the temple. Back. The temple's coming down from heaven, but they don't seem to understand that. They're actually waiting for the temple to be built on earth, and New Jerusalem's coming down from heaven. Okay, it's already up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people just don't get that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God is the temple, and he says that in Revelation. So that's not going to matter. But I did look up one word, because it was like on me, like leaves is that the doors had leaves on them, two leaves on each door. Where's that at? Verse 24, 24 yeah. 41 and 24? Mm-hmm. And so I looked it up, and leaves mean blessedness or blessed. And, you know, throughout the Bible, if you think about it, God did... Um, Mention leaves here and there throughout, especially the Old Testament, um, when it concerned blessing people. You know the um, what is that the the uh, Palm Sunday as we call it. You know where people take the palm leaves, lay them down before Christ as He's coming in. Um, and many other issues where where leaves were shown to be a blessing for someone. Um, you know when it talks about the leaves and the the trees that are beside the the, the, the the river on both sides of the river that would be for healing and for long life. So you think about these leaves are representing on the doors of heaven. And it's you know just telling you, hey, it's blessed to be in this place. You are blessed to be in this place. Mm-hmm. So when you enter, know that you are blessed. And appreciate it. Don't be like Lucifer and get high minded. Okay? Like I said, when you don't think that you, you, you ain't never made it until you made it. <laughs> right? So, <laughs> but I said 41 is a bunch of measurements, uh, which were still good measurements. I'm still going to look those up. Um, so, and I'll get back to you guys on that. Okay. So, anyone got anything else to add? We're going to wrap it up. No. Ezekiel was the man. <laughs> Ziki. Ziki.
He had a call on his life. I got to get out of the box because I had everything back up in the Bible to what we wanted to study. Oh, for the next time? Next week, yeah. Next week, okay. I had it chalked out already. So, again, I'll, I'll, and I'll take this as well. So I wanted to do Isaiah 41. Oh. I wanted to do uh, 44. Yeah, 44, 47, and 48. So there's only three chops this week. How many weeks of August are left? Just one. Just one, okay. Yeah. And then we're going into the, to the smaller books of the prophets. Okay. Um, for September. Okay. Uh, so it's going to be like four books uh, that you're going to have to read, but they're short books. I don't call them small prophets like everyone else because they're not small. Or minor. Or minor, whatever. The prophets, just that the books are shorter than the others. They're still prophets. Don't diminish someone. Because you think their work is small, but the smaller the work, the greater the deed. So they just had they were just doing more work out there. That's all it was. A lot of <laughs> cross over with the other. Well, yeah, a lot of prophets lived at the same time. They didn't really have to a whole bunch of them all the same. They just added on stuff. Yeah, yeah a lot, a lot of them did live at the same time. Stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So, so, so uh, 44, 47, and 48. Did I say 47? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, he did. Yep, 44, 47, and 48. Okay. I was just repeating them. Oh, okay. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and pray out then. Any prayer requests at all? Just restraint. Endurance. Yeah, endurance. We go into our no juicy, nothing, just water. Oh, that's another thing, too. We were trying to decide on um, tomorrow. Friday. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not tomorrow, but Friday. Um, I wanted to uh, end the fast um, with prayer, you know, with all of us praying. Would you be available at 6 for prayer? Uh-huh. Or do we need to keep it at 7.30? Um, yeah, I could be an earlier is probably better. So. Okay. I'm going to tell you this. When you break your fast, do not go out and get a juicy hamburger. Uh, You're going to tear your body. Just as you prepare your body to go into a fast and how you start a fast, you have to come out it the same way. Yeah, you have to prepare. Gradually. Gradually work your way back. Yeah. So I think Sunday's fine, though. Sure. Yeah. That's how I broke one of my fasts. and went out and had <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. When, it was okay. No, what he's saying is that to to reintroduce meat to your system, just like bowel, like that, you know, it can kind of tear your yeah, you know, your body yeah. up. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so six o'clock it is, okay? Yeah. And we'll um, make sure we put that in the in the text when we text it out because I know Kathy's not here with us. So. All right. So that's six o'clock your time. Yes. Yeah, six okay. o'clock our time. Okay. Oh, we didn't know you was there. Did you have any prayer requests? No, I've been here the whole time. Okay, sorry, you could have spoke up. Did you have mm-hmm. something that you wanted to share real quick? Cause it's like, no, no. Okay. No, All I right. messed up because I didn't realize y'all were starting at 4.30, so I came in at 5. No, we, we, we are on the right time. Uh, no, we came in at 5. Yeah. The text says yeah. 4.30. Yeah, it says seven thirty. Oh, sorry. And I, and I, I did come back behind that and said correction. So. Oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. I didn't even see it. I didn't see it. So I was no. like, dang, they started at four thirty, and here I am, coming in late. Okay, but go ahead. No, you're fine. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to come before your presence, Lord God. We honor you, Lord God, with our mind, Lord God, our mouth, Lord God. We pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. That you would, Lord God, continue to bless us, Lord God, to have forgiveness of sin, iniquity, or transgression. We pray, Lord Father, that we forgive those who transgress against us, Lord Father. Pray, Lord God, that we will repent, Lord God, in our heart, Lord God, of anything, Lord Father, that needs repentance, Lord Father, that we would not walk around with any type of sin, Lord God, remaining among us. But, Lord God, quickly remove it and cover it under the blood of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that on tonight, Lord Father, the word that has been spoken into our lives, Lord God, will be implanted unto our souls. The Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, as it continues to grow and to flourish, increase, Lord God. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless, Lord God, that as we continue to study through Ezekiel, Lord God, that we would see ourselves. We will see the purpose, Lord God, and the call that is on each and every one of our lives, Lord God. That, Lord God, you have called us not, Lord God, only to be students, but, Lord God, but to become teachers. Then, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, you call each and every one of us to grow and mature and evolve and become, Lord God, what you have desired for us to be, Lord God, before we were born. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would continue to bless, Lord God, Pastor Keith, Lord God, and the things that you're leading him to lead us into, Lord Father, as far as study. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would continue to evolve this study, Lord God, and that it would continue to to push us to our limits, Lord Father. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would continue to bless, Lord God, this fast and honor it, Lord Father. pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that there would be endurance, Lord God, and strength, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for a divine power from on high, Lord Father. Infiltrate us, I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. Sanctify us, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Purify us, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. And let your voice, Lord God, be louder in us, Lord God, than any other voice, Lord Father. And that as we can see, Lord God, any temptation that comes nigh us, Lord Father, that we see it from the beginning, Lord God, and rebuke it quickly, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus for strength, Lord God, not only in our minds but in our souls. Lord Father, there be an increase, Lord God, of spiritual, Lord God, awareness, spiritual understanding, Lord Father. We pray for healing, Lord God, in the bodies of those, Lord God, who are hearing and under the sound of my voice, those suffering, Lord God, from diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol, 
Lord God, kidneys, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy right now in each and every one of our lives, Lord Father, and we retain and we receive healing, Lord God, in our, in our bodies, Lord God. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would bless us, Lord God, to have the mind to have faith in you, Lord God, that you are fully able and capable of doing all things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Have a great evening. Bye-bye. Love you. Stay strong. Okay, talk to you tomorrow.